Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy to have you joining me today. And as always, for downloading and listening and telling your friends about the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast. And if you really like it, what I would love is for you to hop over to iTunes and give me a nice rating if you feel so inclined to do so. I would be forever grateful. Now, in this episode of the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart podcast, I am joined by Dr. Travis Ziegler. He is on a mission to end preventable blindness. In 2010, he graduated from The Ohio State University College of Optometry with magna cum laude honors. He went on to own two optometry practices in South Carolina, specializing in difficult-to-fit contact lens patients and dry eye, but soon found his passion for entrepreneurship. In 2015, he started I Love, an eye wellness company with a mission to end preventable blindness. Along with his wife, Jenna, they continue to work part-time in optometry and build I Love with the goal of eventually opening free clinics in the United States and abroad. Because 703 million people are blind due to lack of glasses, they give a portion of all profits back to those who can neither afford nor obtain eye care in Jamaica and South Carolina. When he's not working on I Love or in the clinic, he enjoys traveling to Jamaica, running, and playing the ukulele while he drinks his morning coffee. So you're probably thinking, how does eye health fit in with rehab therapists or wellness practitioners? Well, a lot, actually. And Dr. Ziegler gives us a great example of how physical therapists might want to relate to a patient with macular degeneration. That's in the interview today, and it's a really, really great tip. Um, But what else do we talk about? We talk about missions abroad with the I Love Cares Foundation and the impact of preventable blindness in third world countries. How often should you have your eyes checked? Selecting the right optometrist and ophthalmologist for you and surprising factors that affect macular degeneration and dry eye disease. And, you know, it's having regular eye exams, like Dr. Ziegler notes, is a kind of a function of general health screen. He says an eye exam is the only time that we can actually see live blood vessels and we can actually see a live nerve in the back of your eye. And that can tell us a tremendous amount about your health. So if you've been putting off that eye appointment, I highly suggest you get to your optometrist or ophthalmologist and get your eyes checked. And you know, if you think about preventable blindness, you think about people who maybe have wrong prescriptions, and as a physical therapist, how might that affect the way they walk, the way they move, the way they get around in their communities, in their homes? It can be really impactful. So be sure that you are discussing eye health with your patient. It's a very easy thing to bring up with a patient. And most of the time people, if they're not wearing glasses regularly, or even if they are, it's always great to get those eyes checked for your overall health. So I want to thank Dr. Ziegler for coming on today. And for me, this was a great podcast because I didn't know a lot about this subject. And now I feel a little more comfortable um, talking to my patients about their eye health. So everyone enjoy today's episode and have a great rest of your week. Hey, Dr. Travis Ziegler, welcome to the podcast, my first ever podcast on eye health. So thanks so much for coming on. 
Yeah, thanks for having me, Dr. Litzy. So let's fill in the blanks for us a little bit on your bio that I read earlier, just so people have a little bit more of an idea of who you are. Yeah, so I grew up in a little small town called Bryan, Ohio. Um, a lot of people don't know what Bryan is, but they know they've been touched by it in some way. We're home of the Dum Dum Suckers and home of the Etch-A-Sketch, so that's our claims to fame. We're a small little town of 10,000, but in 2003, I moved to Columbus, Ohio to attend The Ohio State University, and I actually did my undergrad and my doctorate training both at Ohio State, and then I graduated in 2010 with my doctorate of optometry. Um, I went into optometry because I knew, I actually had no idea what I wanted to do when I went to college, and I have an uncle that's in Columbus, Ohio, and he's an optometrist, and I wanted to do something in the healthcare field. It was going to be either a vet, an MD, I was thinking OBGYN, um, I was really into in vitro, and then optometry. And so my parents told me to start working for my uncle while I was an undergrad, and I started working for him, fell in love with optometry, and the whole, it was, it was more of a happy doctor, where I give people vision rather than tell them they have cancer and they're unfortunately dying, or I give people glasses and they get their vision back. And so that kind of led me down the optometry path. And then um, my wife and I met in optometry school and got married shortly after. And we kind of made it our mission to end preventable blindness. And I'll go into that a little bit more a little later. Um, but after graduation, I worked for my uncle as a doctor for about five years until about 2015. And my wife and I decided that we wanted to go off on our own. And we moved from Ohio down to South Carolina, where we are now. And we've been here for three years now. And we had two practices here. We actually just sold one because we started an online company called iLove. And iLove is an eye wellness and sunglass company. And we do supplements for dry eye, supplements for macular degeneration, and then other sprays for dry eye. And we do a lot of education around that. Um, and the mission that we started when we were married and when we got together was we wanted to end preventable blindness. And this all started with a trip we took together to Ecuador back in 2006. Actually, it was 2007. And in 2007, we went down to Ecuador to do our first mission trip. And that's when our lives were forever changed because it was my first time to a third world country. And we weren't staying in the nice city or anything. We were actually going into the slum areas and giving eye exams. And I'll never forget the feeling you get when you put your first pair of glasses on somebody that's never seen in their entire life and they're 45 years old and their face lights up and they can see the world. And at that moment, we made it our mission to end preventable blindness. And a lot of people don't realize it, but blindness, the, the most common cause of blindness in the world is a lack of glasses. And there's 700 million people blind due to these lack of glasses. And so we are personally on a mission to hopefully end that in Jamaica. And that's where we do most of our mission work now. And in Jamaica, there's about 500,000 Jamaicans per ophthalmologist or optometrist. Wow. And so they need a lot of help down there. And so that's kind of where we are in life right now. And we practice part-time optometry and we do a lot of volunteering in our local area to give, give vision back as well. And then we do mission work in Jamaica. That's amazing. And now when you say, you know, 700 million people are blind due to the lack of glasses, can you kind of define blind? Because I think when people think blind, they think no hope, can't see anything versus the definition of blindness that might be legally blind, quote unquote. 
Yeah, so that's a great question. And when we think blindness in America, in first world countries, we think that it's a disease that's devastating enough to make us permanently blind, where no glasses are going to help with that. And in third world countries that don't have access to eye care, this blindness from lack of glasses is a permanent blindness because they don't have access to glasses. When we can simply just go into their country, give them something as simple as a pair of reading glasses that we pay a dollar for over the counter, and it changes their whole world. They can work again. They're no longer beggars or they can actually be productive in a productive part of society. So blindness here in the States is more of a permanent thing like macular degeneration, glaucoma, diabetic blindness, whereas in over there, it's just a lack of glasses usually. And that just that's an astounding number, 70, 700 million people. And how are you guys sort of working on scaling this? Because it sounds like it's a great program. Um, if you have any advice on that, we'd love to know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we, we, we do have a small plan in place that we hope to take it much bigger. And the way we do it is a couple of things. We have our company, I Love. And with I Love, we take all the profits that we make from that company. And we actually have a foundation that we started. And we put the profits of that company into the foundation. And then the foundation helps fund these mission trips that we're going on. The unfortunate thing about the mission trips is they're temporary. We're going into a, an area, we're creating a MASH style clinic, which is just a pop-up clinic, and we do about two to 3,000 eye exams in a week, and then we're gone. Mm-hmm. And so the goal of this, we do that temporarily right now in Jamaica, but the goal is ultimately to create sustainability in these countries, especially Jamaica right now, and even in South Carolina, where we live now. And if we can create clinics and we, we can train opticians in Jamaica to go out into the community and something as simple as reading glasses, like I said earlier, can make a profound difference in somebody's life because they can't read their Bible anymore. They can't um, hook or line a fishing hook. They can't work anymore because they don't have reading glasses. And so I can easily train an optician to measure somebody for reading glasses and then pop a pair of readers on them. And there are gonna be situations where they're gonna have to refer people into a mainstay clinic So my hope is we're going to have this headquartered clinic that has a doctor on staff and then a lot of optometrists that go out into the community and they pretty much do screenings almost to do reading glasses because that can hopefully cure or solve a lot of this preventable blindness that's occurring in these countries. Yeah, so you have a sustainability plan kind of in place, which I think is great because it the need is is obviously there and it's great that you guys have kind of found a way to fill that gap and fill that need um so congratulations sounds like a great program now let's yeah it sounds great so you know i'm a physical therapist a lot of people that listen to this podcast physical therapists you know yoga pilates fitness professionals and oftentimes i feel like i don't think about people's vision as much as i should because vision is directly connected to your balance. Um, it could be, we were talking beforehand, you know, if someone is having some, you know, discomfort when they're at work, is it because they're, they have to lean forward so far to see the screen because they don't have glasses to see it? And I feel like as a health professional, this is something that really we need to be asking all of our patients, do you wear glasses? Do you wear contacts? When did you last have an eye exam? And so that leads to my next question is, how often do we need to get our eyes checked? 
Yeah, that's a great question as well. So the standard of care put in place by the American Optometric Association is for anybody under the age of 18 should have a yearly exam. If you're between 18 and 45, I believe it's 45, it might be 40. That's going to be every two years unless you have contact lenses or glasses. And then above the age of 45, we want to see you every year. And a lot of people don't realize it, but an eye exam is the only place or the only time that we can actually see live blood vessels and we can actually see a live nerve in the back of your eye. And that can tell us a tremendous amount about your health. And so to give you an example, if you have out of control high blood pressure or diabetes and you may be undiagnosed, it will actually show up in the back of the eye in the form of bleeding or the blood vessels can curve too much. And that can kind of trigger us to send you out for a further evaluation of physical, some lab work. And so that's the importance of an eye exam is we can detect diseases. And just this last year, I've sent out four patients for MRIs because I saw something in the back of their eye and all four of them had brain tumors. And we caught them soon enough that they were able to be treated. And that's one of the greatest feelings in the world is when you can detect something like that and get it treated soon enough that it's not going to kill the person. And this was just detected by a simple eye exam. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I just got my eyes checked a couple of weeks ago, and they did use this machine where they like can look into the back of my eye and so they showed me kind of where my nerves were and blood vessels. It was really cool. I'm the worst person to get my eyes examined because I always like blink way, way, way too much. Um, but it's <laughs> definitely very cool. And it's often something that most people don't think about doing if they don't have a reading problem or if they don't have a vision problem. So just exactly. to recap, under 18 once a year, 18 to 45 every two years, 45 plus every year. Um, you got I, it. Great. So let's say you're going to an optometrist or an ophthalmologist. How do you know you're going to a good optometrist? What advice do you have for people um, when they're thinking, when they're going to see their optometrist or ophthalmologist? So I would say there's a lot of different things, a lot of different factors that you can look at. There's always further education in any doctorate profession and looking for some extra letters after their name that are like a, a key letter in optometry is FAAO, which is the fellowship of the Academy, American Academy of Optometry. And getting a fellowship is actually pretty hard work. And so you have to show that you're doing advancements in the field, which you have to do case reports or studies or do um, published work to get an FAAO. And then you have to interview in front of a panel of experts and pass the interview. And so getting extra letters after your name like FAAO is a good way to, to see if an optometrist is, is good or not. Now, that being said, there's not a lot of optometrists that have that credentialing. And so you can also look for board certification. And this is the same with ophthalmology as well. They have their own fellowship program and they have their own um, board certification program as well. So that's probably one of the easiest ways because most people that get those, um, they're going to put the letters after their name on their website and everything. I would look at reviews on Google. That's a simple way to, to mm -hmm. do it. And because we actively ask our patients to review us on Google because it's such a key element for finding somebody nowadays. And you can kind of read real patient testimonials on all those websites. And so a combination of that and also just kind of peruse their website to see what all they, they treat. And they should, I, I don't want to say brag, but they should bring up what all they treat and what all they do as far as if they treat dry eye, if they treat diabetes, if they 
look for all those things that should be promoted on their website. Great. Well, that's great advice. Thanks very much. And now earlier you had mentioned a couple of diagnoses that I think I'd like to delve into a little bit more because I think uh, among, let's say, an older population, which a lot of uh, therapists these days are treating because, as we know, our baby boomers are aging. And I think by 2029, they'll all be over 65. And that diagnosis is macular degeneration. So could you explain what that is? Yeah, so macular degeneration, l- let me backtrack to what the, just kind of thinking about the word macular degeneration. So the macula is your central vision. So if you have 20-20 vision, you're using your macula to focus light onto. And so that's how you see 20-20. That's your central vision. That's how you see sharply. And so degeneration is just a natural degeneration of the macula of the eye. And so what this is, is where the cells that make up the macula are starting to degenerate to the point where they don't functioning like they used to. And the most common cause for this is age because it's called age-related macular degeneration. But what I've seen, and my wife and I take more of a holistic approach when we approach optometry, and I can go into why we did that a little further, but um, I'll answer your question first. With macular degeneration, I find that it's more diet-related than anything else. And if you can eat a healthy diet that's not Western-based, you can prevent most disease in your body, period, but macular degeneration especially. And if you eat a diet rich in lutein and, um, I'm sorry, kale is what I meant to say, that has lutein, kale and spinach and a lot of leafy green vegetables and a lot of colorful vegetables, so like red, yellow, orange peppers, carrots, all those are going to really help keep that macula in a healthy state, and it will avoid all these macular degeneration issues in the future. But what happens is it slowly starts degrading your vision, and you may be 20-20 one year, and then 20-40 the next, and then 20-60, and then eventually, if it goes its full course, which I don't see it too often do that, but it can be 2200 to 2400 vision, which then you are legally blind, because it's very hard to reverse this, There's no studies that have shown that you can reverse this, but there have been individual cases where I've read about and heard about that patients pretty much took over their health care pretty much and changed their entire lifestyle, their diet, their exercise, and they've regained macular function. But there's no studies out there that that show that this is the case, but there have been individual cases that have helped with that. And Does that it, answer your question? Absolutely. <laughs> and so does macular degeneration, does that happen to some extent to everyone as we get older, or do some people show no signs of that? So some people show no signs of it, but as we're living older and older, that we're just starting to see it more and we're starting to understand it more. And so the number one risk factor is age. Number two is genetics. So if you have a family history of it, you definitely want to take pre you want to take the you want to take things into account now to prevent it from happening in the future. Number three, don't smoke. Smoking is one of the worst things for your body, period. But for the macula, it puts your risk at four times that of a non-smoker. Wow. And, and then diet, like I just talked about, diet is huge with macular degeneration. Okay, so there are ways that we can kind of take control of this now um, before, it starts, before it starts to happen and certainly starts to progress. Um, so age, genetics, smoking, and diet, that seems just like everything else in life, right? It all comes down to age, genetics, bad habits, and diet. Um, 
so if someone does have macular degeneration and there it's no there's no cure what do, what happens if it's so, progressing that was what I was talking about, kind of if it goes from 2020 to 2040, it just kind of degrades the central part of your vision. So it, macular degeneration never causes blindness, uh-huh. like complete blindness where you're completely blacked out. What it does is it causes a loss of your central acuity or your central vision. And so you still have all your peripheral vision. So your night vision is actually going to be fantastic because at nighttime, you're actually not using your macula at all. You're using your peripheral vision because that's where our night vision is. And so your night vision is going to be probably better than anybody else, but your color vision and your daytime vision is not going to be the same. So the, the macula is in charge of your, your sharp acuity, so you'll start to lose that, and it's actually in charge of seeing color. And so you'll actually lose the ability to see color. And I always like to do a fun exercise with people. This is completely off topic a little bit, but a lot of people don't realize it, but your peripheral vision does not have color. And so I challenge people to take a colored marker that they don't know the color of and bring it slowly into their peripheral vision and see if you can tell the color of it. I guarantee you can't. <laughs> what? I'm going to try that later. Um, yeah. Well, actually, I can't try it myself because you really have, should have someone else hand you the color so that, that way you don't yep. know what it is. Oh, that's interesting. I mm-hmm. didn't know that. Hey, what about those glasses that, you know, you see people uploading onto YouTube, people putting glasses on who are colorblind and then they can see color for the first time? Did you ever see those? So they those kind are, of look like sunglasses, but they're not. Would that yeah, help so with people with macular degeneration? Yes and no. It's ah. not going to help give their vision back. Those are mostly for color vision deficient patients. And do they work? They've been around for 30 years. You're mostly seeing a marketing thing right there. Uh. And for every one reaction that you see from the marketing standpoint, there's probably 10 others that just put them on and say, yeah, it's okay. It doesn't change much, but they do change the color. They don't give the person their color vision back. They just kind of enhance the contrast of different colors. So they kind of get a sense of color. And so that's what color vision deficiency is. It's just their world is a big grayscale. And so it's just different levels of gray. And this, these glasses just help enhance that. And they don't solve it or anything. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, that's really, in, that's really good to know um, about macular degeneration, central versus peripheral, because, you know, if, if I'm working with a patient that has macular degeneration and I want them to, let's say, do some balance and kind of do some reaching exercises and things like that, would these people have more difficulty seeing in front of them if I had them, you know, reaching for objects or just even navigating through the home? Yeah, so that's a great question involving physical therapy and just we do a lot of rehab with I worked at a low vision clinic for a little while and low vision meaning that they've lost a lot of their useful vision. So macular degeneration falls into that. And what we do is we train these patients to live with their disability and we teach them how to read with magnifiers. We teach them how to get around the house. And what you have to keep in mind is that if they kind of turn their head to see something, that's normal because they're, they're using their peripheral vision to focus on that. And so when you're giving them something, almost putting it off to the periphery a little bit and not straight onto them is going to be actually more useful than giving them something straight ahead because their straight ahead vision is gone, but their peripheral vision is perfect. And so if you're working with a, a patient in physical therapy, what you'd want to do is teach them how to use that peripheral vision to locate things better and 
I'm trying to think of how I want to put this, just kind of navigate their world. And mm-hmm. we, we teach them that in, in low vision clinics, but I think there's more physical therapists out there than there are low vision clinics. And so just teaching them how to use magnifiers as big and then teaching them just how to navigate through their, they're not blind. Remember that they still can see 2200, but just teaching them how to use their peripheral vision more is key to success with macular degeneration. Got it. And what, can you quickly explain what 2200 means and what 2020 means? Yeah, I know these are like question. such basic questions, but I, you've said it a couple of times and I just want to no, make sure because no, I'm not quite, so, I know I have 2020 vision, but I don't even know what it means really. So what it actually is, is the logmar of, two, no, I'm just kidding. That's actually what the, <laughs> the, the definition is, but I'm not going to, I'm going to put it in simpler terms. So yeah, layman's terms. <laughs> no, trust me. I don't even understand the logmar definition of it, but <laughs> So when somebody is standing, let's say you're 2020, you said, mm-hmm. and so you're standing at 200 feet away from something. Uh-huh. And so you can read these letters from 200 feet away. Somebody that is 2200, so it's the number 20 over the number 200, mm-hmm. they have to get 20 feet. Remember, you're 200 feet. Uh-huh. They have to be 20 feet from that, those same letters to read it. Ah, I do have freakishly good vision from far away. <laughs> That's 2020. I really do. Ah, that's so that interesting. Sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Thanks. And then when you you can break it down into 2050 vision. So when you're at 50 feet, that person has to get 20 feet away got from it. the same letters. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Now I get it. I didn't get it before. I just knew that I had really good vision for seeing things far away. Um, okay. That makes perfect sense. All right. So those were great tips for macular degeneration. Thanks very much. Now let's talk quickly about dry eye disease because you had said that kind of tends to hit people 45 and older. Um, so what is dry eye disease? And I'm assuming it's more than just your eyes feel itchy and dry. Now that's the basic symptom of it, but dry eye disease is kind of this multifactorial disease that we don't know much about yet, but we know that there's inflammation involved. So there's inflammation of the eye surface. And we have um, oil glands in our eyelids, and we have 31 on top, 31 on bottom. And these oil glands are responsible for keeping moisture on our eye. And we know that if those start to dysfunction, they're called meibomian glands, and they release meibum. And so when they start to dysfunction, it's called meibomian gland dysfunction. And when these oil this oil doesn't get on the surface of the eye anymore, your tears, your natural tears start to evaporate faster. And those tears are responsible for keeping your eyes comfortable. And so we had this inflammation on the surface of the eye. We have this lack of oil getting onto the eye. And it just creates this kind of cascade of inflammation that causes redness, irritation, dryness, itchiness. And so what we're trying to do is figure out how to solve that and how to cure it. And there's not really any good options out there right now. We have two prescription drops that are made for it. One takes six months to even start working. And the other one takes about a month to start working. And in my opinion, they just are, are they're just addressing symptoms still. They're just battling the dryness feeling. Mm-hmm. The approach that we take with I love, and we have a supplement for dry eye and we have a spray for dry eye. And the approach that we take with this is a very natural holistic approach where we try to teach people how to fix their chronic inflammation to begin with. And what we believe in is that your body is in this constant state of low-grade inflammation. And this low-grade inflammation then comes about in our later years as heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol, dry eye. 
And we think that dry eye is just a symptom of this low-grade inflammation. And so if we can start to address what's causing the inflammation, then we're going to really start to heal the dryness problem. And we push diet. We do a lot of educational training on diet, exercise, hydration. We even I just did a whole video series tonight about meditation that I'm going to post tomorrow. And it's just this, if we learn how to solve this chronic inflammation problem that, that plagues the Western society, all of us in the U.S., then it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a huge difference. And what took us down this path of figuring out this was my wife and I, we battled infertility for a while, and we were told by doctors that we couldn't have kids. And so we were devastated by that, but we don't take no for an answer. And we started exploring Eastern medicine. And where Western medicine, we treat symptoms like dryness and dry eye. And Eastern medicine, they kind of figure out the body as a whole, like we talked about earlier, and the body as a whole and figuring out what's causing this. So their belief is that a disease is your body's way of telling you you're doing something wrong. And so when you see patients, and I'm sure you see this in your clinic as well, that when they have high blood pressure, they have diabetes, they have high cholesterol, they have everything because they're just in this constant state of low-grade inflammation. So going back to our story is we explored Eastern medicine with acupuncture herbals, and we already live a, we, we have a vegan diet at home. We eat meat occasionally when we go out, but mostly eat pretty healthy at home. And we kind of increased our fat intake at home. And a, a combination of acupuncture, herbals, and increasing our healthy fat intake, and we got pregnant and we we're, were expecting our first child in two months. So. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, so I guess going back to full circle to dryness, we believe that dry eye is, it's inflammation, it's a lack of tear quality, a lack of tear production, but it's due to something else going on in your body. And so we address the whole body as an issue and try to try to fix it that way versus just kind of covering up a problem with artificial tears because artificial tears just cover a problem that you have. They just kind of make you feel relief in that moment but they're not fixing the actual problem. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And have you had sort of anecdotal success with that with patients with dry eye? Yeah, so most of the time, it's very hard in South Carolina to treat people with diet because of the Southern diet. I mean, it's very, it's very fried, it's very barbecue, and it's very hard to get that across to patients. But online, we have a support community called the Dry Eye Syndrome Support Community, and there's about 2,500 people in there, and we're really on a mission to help as many people as we can. And we realized that we couldn't do that one-on-one with our patients. And so online on our support community, we've had a lot of success with both our supplements, our sprays, and we're just starting this diet thing now. And so I I don't have a lot, but I do have some in clinic. I have seen some great results from diet and exercise changes and, but not a, not a ton, not enough to say Mm -hmm. that I studied 500 people and this is right. the results. Right. Yeah, you should, though. Um, yeah, I definitely am thinking about it. And with the community on Facebook that we have, we're going to have, a, we're pretty much going to gather about 50 people to kind of go through a beta trial mm-hmm. and kind of like a, a, a challenge almost to see if it will help them. Yeah, you should. You should write it up. If I knew how to do studies, I I could probably do a better job, but I've never, I've I've done studies, but it's been a while. (laughs) Yeah, 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 I know, I know. It's not an easy task, um, especially when you have a baby coming. Um, (laughs) Okay, so 
macular degeneration, dry eye disease, overall blindness or vision, what, not what we consider in the West blindness, but preventable blindness. Um, what else are you guys doing with I Love? So I Love, like I said, our, our mission is to prevent or to end preventable blindness. So every, every purchase you make or donate to our foundation, it all goes back to the foundation and goes to these free clinics, which is mostly what we're doing. But with I Love, our, we're, we're kind of focusing mostly on dry eye and we're really interested in, in reaching more people with dry eye to really help heal it from the inside out. And so we have supplements and sprays around that and a soap bar that we use to, to battle other problems with, with acne and psoriasis and dry skin around the eyelids. Um, and then we also have a macular degeneration supplement as well. And that's what we talked about earlier with macular degeneration. It hits the kind of points of the diet. But the main goal of I Love is education. And what we were kind of doing is we started out as a sunglass company, first of all, and we've kind of morphed into this eye wellness company. And what we found to be really fun with I Love is we provide education for people with dry eye or people with macular degeneration. And the fun part about it is they bring us our next product ideas. They actually come to us saying, we're frustrated with this part of our life and this part of our, our regimen. What can you do about it? And so we explore it and we come out with innovative ways to treat certain areas because a lot of treatment that comes out from pharmaceutical companies are full of chemicals. And so to give you an example is we just came out with a, a bar of soap and this bar of soap is five ingredients. It's organic coconut oil, organic olive oil, raw shea butter, organic, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm blanking, but then tea tree oil. And this tea tree oil battles mites that live in your eyelashes. And these, sorry to bring this up because you're going to get itchy before bedtime. No, I know. No, I know all about <laughs> the mites and the eyelashes and the eyebrows. It's gross, okay, but I've okay. accepted it as part of life. So our, so our soap bar actually kills those mites. And it's a very natural product, whereas in our competing product is double our price. And it's got about 15 ingredients that you cannot pronounce any single one of them. And so we made ours very natural and it's actually great. I use it in the shower for everything. And so that all came about because we're trying to serve and educate this dry eye population that's frustrated with the care they're receiving. And at the same time, they come to us with questions. We actually do a Facebook Live every Sunday with them, and they ask a bunch of questions. And it's fun because it's come to the point, and I'm sure, I don't know if you experienced this with your clinic or not, but uh, doctors just don't have time for patients anymore. And Patients leave with more questions than answers when they leave, and that's when they come to our community. And we don't give medical advice. We just give our opinions of how we treat a patient if they are in their situation. And we create educational videos and brochures. And so that's where I Love is heading is more of an educational platform. But we have my goal would be to get everybody off supplements, sprays, everything in order to just treat it with their diet. Mm -hmm. But as an adjunct, we have the supplements and sprays for getting you started and getting you relief right away. Does that answer your question about yeah. I love? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was great. And now, you know, before we kind of wrap things up here, can you kind of give your major talking points from what we spoke about today that you really want people to take home? Yeah. So disease, disease is your body's way of telling you you're doing something wrong. Figure it out. That is the biggest thing, and if you never want to have to deal with macular degeneration, if you never want to deal with dry eye, if you never want to deal with 
sickness, diet, exercise, and hydration are key. I actually have a mini series at dryeyecommunity.com. You can put your email address in there, and I talk to you about it's it's based it's geared towards dry eye, but it's actually very whole body based, and it's hydration, exercise, and diet. Taking care of those three things will avoid any disease, any problems that you'll have in the future. And I think that pretty much sums it up in one little brief statement is just disease is your body's way of telling you you're doing something wrong. So figuring out what you're doing wrong and fixing it is the, the key component to that. Okay. And then my last question, which I prepped you ahead of time. Um, I keep forgetting sometimes to tell my guests about this question. And then they're always like, ooh, that's a good question. <laughs> but the question is, is knowing where you are now in your career and in your life, what piece of advice would you give yourself as a fresh new grad out of optometry school? It's, it is a great question. And that's why everybody says that. Plus, they really want to think about it and think of a good answer. So um, fresh out of optometry school, I was hungry for the mighty dollar. And I feel like that's, that's in your 20s, you do that. And I would tell myself that stop worrying about money and start worrying about value creation. And if you focus your entire life on giving back to other people, educating other people, giving value to other people, then everything else will take care of itself. And no matter what, the finances will take care of itself because it's just the law of reciprocity that we have as a human race. If we give, the tendency is they'll give back. And so just focus on giving and value creation over trying to make as much money as possible. Fabulous advice. I love it. Stop worrying about money and start worrying about creating value for others. Wonderful advice. And now where can people get in touch with you if they have more questions or they want to find out more about what you're doing? And they, yeah. maybe, maybe they want to help. Yeah, thanks for allowing me to do this. Um, our website is ilovethesun.com. It's E-Y-E, lovethesun.com. And the easiest way to get in touch with me is in our communities on Facebook. So if you go to Facebook and search Dry Eye, we're actually one of the first communities to pop up. So it's Dry Eye Syndrome Support Community. And you can tag me in the community, and I'll usually answer your questions within a day or so. Um, I also have a profile online. You can just search Dr. Travis Ziegler, and you can talk to me on there. That's on Facebook as well. Um, so Facebook's the easiest way. And then if you want to go through our little mini-series that we're creating about healing your body from the inside out and getting rid of disease, you can go to dryeyecommunity.com and just put your email in there. And it will go straight to your inbox every three days. And we have videos and brochures to, to download. And that's, that's pretty much the best ways to reach me. Excellent. And we will put all of these links in the show notes under this episode. So you can always hop over to podcast.healthywealthysmart.com and one click will take you to all of these places. So Dr. Travis Ziegler, thanks so much for taking the time out and coming on the show. And uh, in my opinion, allowing us physical therapists and, and health and fitness professionals to, uh, I hopefully we planted a seed and people will start thinking about eye health a little bit more with their patients because it can make a difference. It, so, it definitely can. I, I thank you for having me on. Yeah, pleasure. And, and everyone else, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening, and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. 
And don't forget to follow us on social media.